I want to talk to you today about a, a, I heard, I heard the thought of this brought up 20 years ago. And I thought, man, I, I have got to develop, I got to preach on this. And uh, about 20 years ago, I did. And it's, that's too long. Because I want to repeat this to you, not exactly the same thing, but I mean, I want to repeat the thoughts to you. Um, the title of this thing, I've tried to reduce it because those boys don't like to write a lot back there. How high your lows are is what counts most. How high your lows are is what counts most. The real title of this is the height of your depths is the measure of your greatness, not the height of your heights. But I didn't do that because they don't like to write much back there. I'm going to read some verses, and we're going to ask you a question at the end of them. Matthew chapter 26, 40 says, He cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep. That is, Jesus did that. And said, saith unto Peter, it was always Peter's ahead of the group, Peter, James, and John. What? Could you not watch with me one hour? And the answer to that was, no, they couldn't. Matthew, Mark chapter 14, Mark chapter 14, verse 54 says, And Peter followed him afar off, even into the palace of the high priest, and that is after Jesus was taken captive. And he sat with his servants and warmed himself at the fire. Mark chapter 14, verse, same chapter, verse 67 through 72. And when Jesus, and when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, and thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch, and the cock crew. Of course, Jesus said, before the cock crows twice, you're going to deny me thrice. And the maid saw him again. This maid was on him, buddy. She was on him. And this maid saw him again and began to say to them, stood by, this is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after they that stood by said again to Peter, surely thou art one of them. For thou art a Galilean and thy speech agreeeth thereto. And he began to curse and to swear. He was a fisherman. saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And a second time the cock crew. And Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him before the cock crowed twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereupon, he wept. Acts chapter 2, we're moving forward in time to Acts chapter 2 now. The ascension's over, resurrection's over, crucifixion's over, resurrection's over, ascension's over. The upper room experience in Acts chapter 1 is over. The Holy Spirit has come and filled them. 120 folks in the upper room. Acts chapter 2, verse 14, And Peter, standing up in the, with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. 
verse 41 of chapter 2, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. What do these verses have in common with each other? Well, that's the rest of the message. They do have something in common. Peter was a backslider. I mean, he backslid on Jesus. A backslider means to go back. He slided back. I mean, he slept when he should have been praying. He bragged about standing up for Jesus when he should have shut up. He followed afar off when he should have been close. He denied the faith, his master, and cussed and swore that he never knew Jesus when his moment to shine and confess Christ had come upon him. He warmed himself at the devil's fire. Eventually went back to commercial fishing up in Galilee, where he came from, when he should have been preparing to preach, because that was his message, to go in the world, remember, and preach the gospel to every creature. He was, a, he was a backslider, and he was backslidden. I mean, he was going back on God. There's no denying that backsliding is part of our Christian experience. Do I need to repeat that? No, you know it. If you've been saved for very long, you have backslidden. Just 50 days after being a miserable failure, we see Peter in Acts chapter 2 that I read, standing up, being bold for the faith, preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ, seeing 3,000 saved at one message and 5,000 saved at another one. How did that happen? Here's the truth. The measure of your greatness is not how high your heights are, but how high your lows are. Peter hung around where he was when he was high, when he was doing well. He didn't leave where he used to have success. He stayed in the area of his greatest achievements. Yeah, he was backslidden. He was a miserable failure and a disappointment, no doubt. But he stayed close to where he knew that he had once enjoyed success. He raised his low point. The truth is, when you backslide, you need to stay in church, read your Bible, hang around on fire believers, if you are backslidden. Imagine Peter later on went back to fishing. When Peter got to Galilee, he couldn't shake the three and a half years that he had been with Jesus. He, he dropped his net in the water and looked up to see the hillside that Jesus had preached the Beatitudes from. He felt the boat rock some and the wind blow and it get a little rough and he remembered Jesus calm in the storm on the same lake, by the way, seven mile wide, 13 miles long. He rode out towards the middle of the Sea of Galilee and noticed that was about where he and Jesus had walked on the water. By the way, he and Jesus walked on the water. He couldn't get over it. He was hanging around the places that he had once reached his highest spiritual heights. Because he did that, he did not take long to get over being backslidden, his low point. And he started moving again in the upward direction 
of getting right with God, he raised his depths. I think of, I think of Jacob. Jacob, not my favorite character of the Bible. I verbalize that over and over. When I see him, I'm going to tell him face to face. He left the place where he had been at his height spiritually. That was with his mom and dad. And he fled to another country thousands of miles away. And it took him 20 years, Jacob, 20 years to get back where he was supposed to be spiritually. And what took Peter just 50 days to get back where he was supposed to be took Jacob 20 years because Jacob did not stick around where he had his spiritual highs, but he left and ran and lowered his low. Everybody backslides. Everybody said? Everybody backslides. Deny it all you want. But after you live the Christian life for a while, you just have to admit it. There are low points in your Christian experience. If your Christian experience was mapped out, it would be like this. It would not be like this. It wouldn't be a line up towards Jesus' rapture. It would be a line of growth and some backsliding and some growth and some backsliding and some growth and some backsliding. Hopefully, hopefully you're maturing as you come out of those. Little by little. The pattern of spiritual growth is two steps forward and one step back. Two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, one step back. But you're going forward. You're going forward. You keep going forward. You regress, but you keep going forward. You learn something from it. Let me make this unusual statement this morning. Backsliding is necessary to spiritual growth. It is part of a counterbalance. What do I mean by that? Luke chapter 7, verse 47 says, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which were many, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. When you backslide, you're humbled by it. And I hate to say this, but about anything that humbles you is going to help you. This woman who anointed his feet with uh, perfume and dry, or dry, anointed his feet with her tears and dried it, dried it with her hair, was an Im evidently very immoral. Had a lot of wicked sin, and the people around her were uncomfortable being around her. And Jesus rebukes him. He said, "Her sins are many." But when I came in here, nobody washed my feet. Nobody dried my feet with their hair. Nobody has humbled themselves like this woman has. Because to whom much is forgiven, they love much. And that's what may be wrong with the church today, is we have too many people that don't love much. They love a little. God doesn't want you to be lukewarm, as you know. He wants you to be like that woman. He wants you to be all out, everything in, humble before him, doing right. But, and so backsliding, in a way, is part of the whole process of your growth. A person's greatness is not measured on how high he went as much as it is measured on how high his lows were. If you lose your appetite, 
which from looking at you, none of you, many, many of you have. But nevertheless, if you lose your appetite, hang around food until it begins to look good again. You say, what about what you talking about? Well, I can tell you, God has chosen me to be one of the elect and select that after COVID, I lost my smell. I mean, lost it. I mean, gone. I mean, I can hold gasoline right here and I can't tell you the difference between gasoline and bleach. I can't smell smoke. I stuck my head right in the middle of a fire the other day. There was smoke coming out and couldn't even smell it. My house burned down. I wouldn't know it. What's nice is nobody's breath is bad. <laughs> I smell no body odor of any kind, my own, or I don't even know why I shower. I shower by faith. I brush my teeth by faith. And let me tell you what Scott Pauley and I, Scott Pauley also has the same phenomenon. He and I call crying each other's shoulders. So I said, Scott, what in the world? He said, preacher, he says, I have to eat by faith now. He says, I've got the turkey dinner coming up and Thanksgiving. I don't, I'll just have to remember what it tasted like. And I said, me too. I remember what it tasted like, but it's not the same as actually tasting it. But I'm going to keep eating till it comes back or Jesus comes. I eat by faith. When you can't taste your food or smell it, trust me, it is just like eating cardboard. Somebody gave me some pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving. It was mush. You know what pumpkin pie, the texture of pumpkin pie, without the taste or the smell, it's like you're eating mush. Nothing. Oatmeal without taste. But I just keep eating in faith. By the grace of God, someday it's going to come back. The trouble with some of you, and I have seen it through the years, is when people fall back or backslide, they, they stop going to church. They leave where they used to succeed. They stop reading their Bibles. First thing they do, man, I mean, they stop reading their Bible. Woo, that's one of the first things, stop going to church, stop passing out any tracts or witnesses, stop praying. Oh, man, that's gone. Stop going to any kind of special services, revival services. They stay away, in fact, from God's people. There's people not here this morning that ought to be here by the grace of God. If I may say it, they need to be here more than some of you need to be here. Some of you are at your high point. But they're at their low point. And I do a lot of work in my ministry of calling people that are on their low time and telling them to get with us that are on our high time. If you're divorced, don't hang around divorced people. Hang around people that have been married 50 years. Learn what they've got, whatever happened, how'd you do that? Stick around successes, not failures. One time a church said, we have a done. A person called me up and says, do you folks have a class for divorcees? I said, yes. It's called my Sunday school class. No, no, no. We want a class for just divorcees. I said, absolutely not. I'd never do that. That'd be like taking alcoholics and putting them all in the same room. If you're an alcoholic, you want to hang around people who are not alcoholics. If you're a drug addict, you want to hang around people that are not drug addicts. If you're having trouble being bold in the faith, you want to hang around people that are bold in the faith. 
But that's not the way we do, do is it? You take a hundred people and put them together, the two rebels in that group will find each other. And rally, you know, bring each other further down. Because that dooms you, if you stay away from where you once were successful, that dooms you to lower lows. Backsliding is a momentum gatherer. But you've never heard a preacher say that. Backsliding is a momentum gatherer. Have you ever seen a plane that's having engine trouble? They're having engine trouble. They can't climb anymore. And if a plane starts, if a plane goes, now I'm not real big on flight, but I know this. If a plane goes too slow, they lose lift, and they just fall straight down. just like a rock. So a plane has to continue its forward motion so the wings will produce lift and it can get, keep going forward rather than just dropping like a rock out of the sky. So what a pilot does, if they begin to lose speed, they put the nose of that plane down and they dive. Backsliding can be a momentum gatherer. They, they take it and they, they, I saw it just recently in a YouTube where a guy was, the engine was quitting, and he took that baby and he put it down in a dive, and he was, man, he was hauling. And before he got to the ground, he lifted that thing back up because he had forward speed and landed it. Had he tried to just coast down, he would have just went straight down and crashed and everybody would have died. Sometime when you backslide, uh, if you hang around people of God and you stay in the church and you try to keep reading your Bible, even if it means nothing to you, you read it, it's just words, just keep reading it. Just keep going over it. Like I'm eating food, man. I know there's good in that food, but it doesn't taste any good. And that may happen to you with the Bible. That may happen to you with the church. That may happen to you with God's people. But being around God's people is good for you. Being in the church is good for you. Reading the Word of God is good for you. Being a witness for Christ is good for you. Hang around people that have succeeded and are on their high when you go to your low. And like Peter, it may only take 50 days to come back. And don't be like Jacob, who took over 20 years. Well, I'll tell you what. When you backslide, it awakens your white blood cells of the Holy Spirit to fire up the diseased area of your life and to bring in fresh and invigorating blood and help you raise your valley. Raise the heights of your depths. You cannot eliminate backsliding altogether. I wish you could. I love to be able to tell you that you're going to live the Christian life and you're never going to fail. I would be lying to you. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because some of you may have enough pride not to raise your hand, which means you're backslidden. You say, well, I'm not backslidden, brother. You are. In fact, you don't admit it. It means you're backslidden. I mean, you know that you haven't backslidden. Back, you know, people, folks, folks. Jesus said, prostitutes and whores will enter into the kingdom of heaven before the Pharisees, Sadducees. Why? Pride. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to humble people. Admit what you are before God. Confess it up. Don't run, don't run a facade on God. It doesn't work. He knows who you are. 
And he'll help you if you humble yourself before him and you humble yourself before God's people and don't try to be something you're not. God will help you. He'll lift you up and bring you to heights that you never, bring you to heights that you never dreamed for yourself in his kingdom. We need to concentrate on shortening our low times, raising its lows by staying where you once were when you were in a high time for God and on top. Things to avoid while down. Here they are. Number one, don't make any life-changing decisions when you're in a low. Uh, Sandy Atto just lost her husband, Ben. Ben went to heaven with COVID. Uh, a week and a half ago, he was working in the yard. It hit him hard in the lungs. And 84-year-old man, with, as far as I know, he was healthy as a horse. Once I said, well, what were his... Uh, what was his problem? I said, 84. You 84-year-olds may be cocky because you don't have any disease, but you may be right on the edge of dying today because 84 is old in anybody's book. Quit trying to tell me you're not old. You're lying to yourself. You ain't going to lie to me. And so... The, the advice I give to any widow when Bob Rose died or Jerry died or anybody that has died, and we've had 10, 11, we've had 11 men die, a couple of women in the last year. And my advice is always the same. Don't do anything crazy for the first year. Don't, you're in a low time. You've just lost your life mate. It's not one of the better times of your life for sure. It's a hard time. It's a, it's a confusing time. It's a time of uh, you've never walked that path before. That's not the time to be selling your house, moving, buying something else, going somewhere else. Just for one year, let everything just rest, settle itself out, and a year from the time your husband died, you're going to have much clearer vision, much clearer thinking, You'll be able to know whether you want to sell the house at that point or move at that point, and you'll, you'll probably not make a mistake that you're going to regret sometime down the road. When you backslide, it's not the time to decide, I'm leaving the church. Well, that's the time to say, Whatever they, however they treat me, I'm not leaving the church. I'm showing up. I don't get a thing out of the lesson. I don't like the preacher. I don't like the deacons. But I'm going because, God, I need help. Don't leave the church. Don't stop what you used to do when you were on top. Don't change anything. Force yourself to keep going and doing those things that once gave you spiritual heights. And you'll shorten your low time. And you'll shorten... Your time of backsliding. And then the next time you backslide, you'll get less angry than you did before, less irritated than you did before. You'll get less depressed than you were before, less indifferent than you were before, less fearful than you were before. The height of your depths is the measure of your greatness, not the height 
of your highs. Be a Peter and not a Jacob. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the few minutes we've had here this morning. We thank you for the word of God. It's quick and powerful and sharp in any two-edged sword. We pray that you would take this simple truth and she would help your people as they negotiate life and as they experience it. My Father, we pray that they would take heed to stay around where at one time God the Holy Spirit convicted them and God the Holy Spirit anointed them. That they would stay where they hear the preaching of the Bible. That they would stay around God's people that are succeeding and on their high point, and doing well. God, help us to have this. Only you can make this up. Only you really can apply what I've said today. Lord Jesus, there be one among us this morning that knows not Jesus, their personal Savior. They've not, they don't, basically the question is, if you died today, where would you spend eternity? With every head bowed, every eye closed, not looking around, nobody's looking around. Do you know where you spend eternity? Do you know, I mean, know, K-N-O-W, where you spend eternity if you died today? You say, Brother Bill, I don't plan on dying today. Nobody ever is, hardly. It's rare the person knows they're going to die. But I can tell you by walking in many graveyards through, all my, through my life, there's lots of 10-year-olds buried and 13-year-olds and 16-year-olds and 18-year-olds and 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds buried out in them big old cemeteries. None of them people thought they were going to die. But I can tell you this, death will come unexpectedly, often. And you'll not have a second chance once you get to heaven. You have sealed your decision this side. And if God has been working on your heart and you believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he died and was buried and rose again the third day, why don't you today say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust him as my Savior. And if you trusted him as your Savior, you're going to, you're going to say, well, maybe I've never publicly confessed him. I'm going to do that. Maybe you've publicly confessed, but you never got baptized. You say, I'm going to get baptized. Maybe you never signed up for the reading board before, the Bible reading board, because, oh, you'd be embarrassed and all a hundred other reasons why not to. Why don't you just sign up for it this year and put your hand to the plow and not look back? Christian, why don't this year be the year you pass tracks out and you witness more than any other time in your life? How much more time you got? May God help us. Father, you come in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 947 one two eight five. Thank you and God bless.